Welcome back to Dark Nexus. Tonight, it's Act 1, Chapter 18. Last week, Dora looked into the mind of madness. She saw something that nobody else in the party has seen. Nobody else in the party has any idea what she's seen when she took 17 points of sanity damage. <laughs> but as you observe her leaning around that corner into the shambles of the supply room there, you see a little, perhaps a little smile come over the corner of her lips. What does she do next, Katie? She turns and looks at Grip. So strong. She looks at Ray. So good-hearted and wanting to do the right thing all the time. And at Gull. Tried so hard to make us believe that we could trust him. She looks at the fox in his arms. Oh, yes. No, I understand. As you start speaking to it, cocks its head, stares deeply in your eyes, and that same intense look you were just giving the air between mm. Johnny and Paul, the fox gives back at you. And because it occasionally shakes its head, little head as though it's trying to kind of correct its like connection to magnetic north or something, it almost seems as though it's, well, no. It does seem as though it's nodding along with this conversation. It is nodding along with this conversation. Yes, of course it is. It understands. It understands. May I? Uh, you, you can help the fox? Well, I think, I think he and I can help each other. Isn't that right? The fox kind of <laughs> shakes its head, whimpers a little bit, but seems interested to go to her. Okay, here you go, Dora. Thank you. She cradles it like a child. So this little... Maybe finds her old hospital gown oh. and, and wraps it. Wraps up oh. this sort of bag of bones, Arctic fox. And she's swaddling it like a baby and holding it. Is the creature talking to you? You can't hear it. The fox? His name is Reynard. The fox yips. Don't worry, I'll, I'll see to him. Are you all right, then? I'm perfectly all right. Well, all right. Huh? Hmm. Oh. Yes, Johnny? <laughs> Would we... In terms of what we've seen, yeah. does this seem odd? Like, a, would it would a sense motive check? Yeah, I love be? it. Yes, please do. Okay, please do. Feel free, <laughs> any of the three of you. Nope, ten. Seventeen. Nine. Uh, does seem odd. Doesn't seem like mental control or something else has got hold of her mind. It just seems as though. I mean, it, it probably seems to you like it's playing here. Like something just, and nothing, something just snapped a little bit there. Nothing that we saw at the end of last week was alarming. Is that Do I understand that That's right? That's correct. You just saw her 
do what she always does when she does her spells, which is essentially nothing, because they're purely mental actions. So she, you know, went around the corner to that room and then sort of extended herself and then came back now and went to the fox. So were you able to learn anything? Oh, this poor soul will die soon. Yes, I think so too. We should just, uh, perhaps, put him out of his misery. You don't think I could heal him? I don't think there's anything... What? Yeah, oh. I, I... Well, I don't think there's anything left. Does... The, does Reynard know the man? The fox yips. No. No, he doesn't know the man, personally, but... They were both in this room when it, when this happened. But if you can, like, talk to him and stuff, would he, like, uh, like, uh, what's the word, uh, you know, like, wizard in their, their animals, um, what are they? I'm not a wizard. Uh, I, I didn't say they were, but it, what, what was he doing with the man? What were you doing with the man? We were just in the room. Oh, you don't remember. Well, of course, no. No, it was very, no. I don't think he particularly wants to talk about what happened in the room, but he doesn't remember specifically why he was in there with the man, only that he doesn't know the man. Do you know what happened in the room? Well, there's this hole. What? I don't think I should. Why should they know? We, we'd, we'd like to know. No, you wouldn't. It's better if you don't know. Well, how is that your decision to make what is best for us to know? Because I'm the only one who knows it. Well, I guess I'm sorry you know it too, but we know it. What are you protecting us from? The knowledge of your own insignificance. I'm pretty aware of that. (laughs) I know you think you are. I think it's best we move on. And the man? Well, I'm not going to do it, but he probably should be put out of his misery. Yes, that's what Reynard thinks as well. The fox yips. Good enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) Go like, (laughs) flicks his gun, (laughs) takes aim. Oh, she covers the fox's ears. Oh yeah, the fox sort of huddles into the the crook of your arm. Mm -hmm. Bang. All right, the poor unfortunate man at the edge of madness dies. Green. Assuming I don't get a grit point for that. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) not a significant enemy. (laughs) I will mark off one, one bullet though. Does the weight of his dead body pull him into the hole. Oh, I love it. Yes, gunshot goes back, and then he just kind of slumps forward, and then with a puff of green vapor, kind of rolls off the edge. And so the three of you who didn't see what Dora saw last time, there would be that uncomfortably long period of time where, is that body going to hit anything? (laughs) And then, like, the sound of a distant splat And then, the earth rumbles. So this isn't full-blown earthquake 
like happened a couple of days ago, but then everybody Star Treks a little bit. The ground feels a little unsteady. It's very short-lived, very brief, very minor compared to what you've experienced so far. But the instant that body hits something in the bottom of that pit, uh, there's a very, very minor earthquake. Let's uh, back away from the pit. Oh my God, what's down there? I don't think a way out. Not the way out I want to go. No, that's not the... It is not, in fact, a way out. Well, what? I suppose it is a kind of way out, but not the one we want. Yeah. All right, then. Maybe we should uh, go back. We don't want to look through the hole in the wall from the room no, with the personal I, 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 I think it might be a good idea if we if we went back. All right. What did the Reynard think? What do you think? To the to the chapel with the other people. Oh, to rest. Yes. Oh, he he's quite hungry, so of course. Yeah, yeah, let's let, let get into the food. Yeah. Yes. All right, so gathering up the stuff that we've collected in these last few rooms here, we've tossed a bunch of stuff into the handy haversack. We've got uh, the armor in there, some of the, the money, Grip's carrying the Red Destiny sword, and... The cursed Red Destiny sword. <laughs> yes, Robert's convinced it's cursed. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see this when that will save game where comes happen, up. Huh? <laughs> I'm wearing an unidentified magic cloak. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Continue to remind me. I will. I love it. And so we head back down that hallway into Administrator Lissandro's office, where, of course, we find the cloud of rainbow fog and the pool of blood undisturbed from when we last left it. I can see if I can sense her in there, as long as we're here. I have a little bit of ability left today. We determined already it's not a haunt, correct? Or it, have we made that determination? You have made that determination. It is definitely not a haunt. It did not register to detect undead. It did not even register to detect magic. And when Ray put positive energy into there, it did not right, uh, right, cause right. any reaction. If you feel up to it. <laughs> I feel fine. Well, then, yes, yeah, please. I guess we should that would do be that. Great. Thank All right. You. Dora will blow her last spell slot of the day. Oh my god. <laughs> to detect magic inside detect the magic. rainbow fog cloud. I mean, unless Reynard... Detect thoughts. thoughts. Detect thoughts, right? Yeah, detect Sorry, detect thoughts. thoughts. Sorry. Yes, detect thoughts. Um, unless Reynard thinks it's not a good idea. Oh, he's he's not been in this room before, so... Doesn't I guess, I guess he didn't make it this far, did he? Reynard, do you think it would be a better idea to go and get some food? Or, you know, look inside this. Well, I mean, obviously he wants food. You know, he, he may have a point. I'm sorry, I thought we wanted information. Can you detect thoughts in the center of the circle? Yes. I mean, I can try. Why don't I just do that? She does it. All right. She opens herself up to the presence of thinking minds in the room. That's a very ominous way to put it. Just The presence of thinking minds. It's always good when your moral backbone of your party all of a sudden completely loses it. (laughs) So, you open yourself up to the presence of thinking minds within 60 feet of you. First round, you determine that there 
definitely is the presence of thoughts from conscious creatures with intelligence scores one or higher. Continuing to concentrate, you discover the number of thinking minds and, this is interesting, the intelligence score of each. Uh, hey, Robert, what's Grip's intelligence score? Eight. Ray? Ray's intelligence score is 12. And Gull? 16. The fox has an intelligence score of 12. And there is a thinking mind in the center of the cloud of rainbow fog with an intelligence score of nine. But it feels... Wrong. Well, it, it feels as though maybe it's been damaged. It feels like, like that is all that remains of this being's intelligence score. Do you want to continue to concentrate? No. Because Reynard the fox said not yips. to. Okay. Grace and I are going to be outthought by a fox. <laughs> Outfoxed, if you will. <laughs> I'll allow it. There is someone in there. If it is Dr. Lissandro, I fear she's been damaged in yes. some way. Yeah. Fundamental to her being not just physical. Her mind is seems to have been hurt somehow. But there is someone in there. I know we'll be going soon. Yeah. Well, are we trying to do anything with that or we just want to sit on that and go back to the chapel now? Renard? Why didn't you want to read more into her thoughts? What stopped you? Dora's face goes blank. Hmm. Dora, I asked you a question. Sorry? You uh, were detecting thoughts, right? Is that what you were doing? Yes. At some point you stopped. Do you know why? Well, we learned there's someone in there. Could you have gone any further? Yes, it's quite rude. You didn't think there was a reason to go any further on this check? (laughs) (laughs) Not sure what you mean by check. Said in a more appropriate way. God, my role playing (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, guys. Well, we wanted to know if there was someone in there, and there is. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. We should, uh, we should... I'm uh, quite tired. You know, it's... I've literally exhausted almost every <laughs> internal resource that I have available to me, and I'm... Yeah, she's, you know, she's got to look... She's got to look... Pretty worn down at this moment. We've all had a day. It's been a day. Yeah, let let let's go back and, and rest. So this involves going up the spiral staircase on the east side of the room, <laughs> across the balcony, all the way across this very, very, very long room with the cathedral ceilings, jumping over the side of the wrought iron railings, down to the desk that's out of the fog, and then making your way back down to the door, which you had left closed last time, I believe, when you came into the room. Want to uh, give me a check at that check door? Check it, yeah. yeah. Uh, seven plus seven, 14. Great. Seems as you left it. Great. Crack it open and go out. Awesome. I'll open it. Give me a perception check there, great. Uh, 11. Okay, great. Uh, so, grip first, followed by, it looks like Ray, is that right? Sure. Ray and Gull go inside by side. This is a 10-foot wide hallway with Dora and the fox taking up the rear. 
uh, as you head out into that little antechamber outside of Eliege Lissandro's office, I can get a perception check from both Ray and Gull. 14 again. Ooh, natural 19 on the die, plus 2. 21. As you step through the doorway into this little hallway here, you probably put a hand out to stop grip as you notice sort of the edge of your of the light from your light spell and from Dora's crystal. On the ceiling, there is one of the ratlings clinging like Spider-Man upside down on the ceiling about 35 feet ahead of you on the hallway. This one, unlike the others that you have seen, is wearing clothing. Like it seems to have made a little vest out of perhaps pigeon feathers, and it has an ever so fancy red cape that, you know, of course it's clinging upside down to the ceiling, so as it went up, no, it probably at some point just like tied the cape, the bottom of the cape around itself so it wouldn't dangle, and it's staring there. So again, it's this tiny like rat-like body with human hands, super two foot long rat tail, and then the face of what appears to be, and in this case, a younger, humanoid person with these little fangs and so it's clinging to the ceiling and it's staring down at you all and in this first little moment here it's watching you all come in doesn't quite notice that you see it but then as you all uh, stop there it freezes seems seemingly as if if it remains very still <laughs> no one will ever see it <laughs> clinging to the ceiling and it's a and 10 foot ceiling it's a 10 foot ceiling and it's so it's basically on the ceiling above, you know, that door to the east when you come out of the library that had the smell of these rattlings' nests and that hole that went down into the earth? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's outside of that room. And as you're sort of spotting it and you all sort of like assessing for a moment, you can see that door is cracked open a little bit, but that's about the edge of your light at this point. Oh, no, Grip, Grip's got dark vision. Yes. Uh, so, Grip, you can see I that. I do, the, too. That's right, Dora does as well, because Dora's an Azimar, which we can talk about now. Uh, so you see the door, the doors to the library are open, and the door to this little, I'll call it the, the, the room with the hole, is cracked open a little bit. And so for a brief moment, it's just staring down at you. <laughs> we are all aware, not just me. Like, I've... like once, you, once you stop, folks, you all catch sight of it, Yes. It is, it is cunningly hidden, but like once, you, once you look up and catch sight of it, it's there. Are uh, these the creatures that are interested in scrolls and... Yeah. I was just going to say, like I could take out that scroll of... The one that no one can Fox's cast. Fox's cunning, <laughs> which none of us can use. And um, so Ray takes out this, <laughs> this scroll, and he's kind of like looking knowingly. You see, you see its eyes go too wide. Like almost <laughs> like twice as big as a humanoid's eyes should be, and this gob of drool, like, <laughs> splits out of its mouth, drops 10 feet to the ground, and goes splash among the, among the dried fluids on the, that were already on the floor. So it obviously had an effect. <laughs> it sees it. Bargain right. with it, Ray. What's that? Bargain with it. Bargain with it. Uh, um... What languages does it speak? You have only heard it speaking, them speaking Aklo. Oh, so Which I have to bargain with you it. You can do. Right. Shall I? She's uh, speaking to all of you, and also the fox. Yes. Shall I offer it for passage? 
we don't feel like a fight right now. It says something in a language that is not Aklo Mm -hmm. that Dora learns that she speaks. As it says in Abyssal, (laughs) the language of demons. I can hear you. I can fucking hear you. All we want to do is pass through. Well, she says in a abyssal. So like they're now like just like dark speaking to each other. What does that sound like? <laughs> abyssal. Awful. Yeah. Like monsters yeah. growl. Yeah, yeah, it's like guttural yeah. grating. Like she's, kind a, of teeth she's covering the foxes. Where did you fucking so learn to speak like that? I don't know. <laughs> That's terrible. Do we have a deal? What, what are you offering? This screw. It looks delicious. We'll give it to you. In exchange for passage. You're unrestrained passage through Rosh Mambi's realm? Yes. <clears throat> for as long as we're here. And we may provide you other things. Well, I may provide you with a heinous death. Yes, you might. Or we could all just get something out of this. Sixteen scrolls for unfettered passage. No. Sixteen scrolls. We'll get this one and let us go now. Why must you go through my realm? Because we want to be places that are on the other side of it. There is no no interest in your realm. Except as a means of passage to other places. Well, then my realm seems valuable, doesn't it? There is no point in going anywhere. All is death here. The thing below blocks all passage. What do you know about it? What do you know? I've seen it. Skitter's like five (laughs) feet forward on the ceiling. I don't believe you. Ratchmambi knows what happens to those who see it. Those who've seen it that you know aren't as strong as I am. Not as strong as this being. The fucking fox. Yes. It's a fox. And it survived. Well, Would well, you well. survive seeing it? Maybe I would. Maybe I would. I'll take the fox. No. Yum. No. Yum. No. We'll take the scroll and you'll let us go now. Maybe I kill you. Maybe we kill you. Maybe the Shredman gets you and I feast on what's left. Who is the Shredman? Oh! It skitters back a little bit. Now Ratchmambi knows something you want to know. I eat the fox and tell you all about the Shredman. No. We will talk about the thing underground. We will talk about the Shredman, the every-all. Ratchmammy knows. He knows. I don't believe you. <laughs> That's fine. Then I will kill you and feast on your face. I don't think we have a bargain. <laughs> one scroll, one passage. Speaking in um, Osiriani. Osiriani, great. Very well. We have a deal. Ray? 
scampers across the ceiling, down the wall, at the edge of its tiny little grip, Ray's extending his arm, Ratch Mambi's extending his hand, grabs the scroll, sniffs it, drops down to the ground. He licks, licks it a little bit. Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> this is a good one. This we'll be going one. now. Will there be more? Perhaps. If there's more where this came from, perhaps, uh, perhaps. Where are you going? Where are you going? Tell me where you're going. Tell me where you're going. No. Is it safe? Not for you. Yeah, I'm assuming is safe uh, from is he speaking right. in a way that we can hear uh, understand him at this still point? Still in okay. He'd still be a vessel. Okay. <laughs> safe from what? From the shred man. He kills you when you sleep. You know this. Has he come for you? Ratchman B has hid from him for a long time. How? Ratchman B knows. And then like, inside the room with the hole in it, you hear a little chorus of other aliens go, Ratchman B. How many are there of you? We are all that is left. The catechism below was dreadful. We were driven up here. Where were you driven from? We were driven from below as well. Mm. Much danger below. Danger when you sleep. Danger below. Danger out the windows. There's nowhere to go. There is no hope. But we have our lair. And we will feast until we die. We will not disturb your lair. Hmm. We will leave you in peace, and hmm. if we can help you, we will. Hmm. Does that seem fair? You mean you just walk through and we don't eat you? That's exactly what I mean. No bloodshed on either side. Well, if there are more scrolls down the road... Ratchmambi would eat them. That is certainly a possibility. Mm. Mm. And we shan't forget you. You never will. No. Ratchmambi will like also haunt your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I've no doubt. <laughs> we will pass now. <laughs> Two feet long, too. Uh, oh, gross. So he scampers it back up the wall, up on top of the ceiling in his little... Uh, that pigeon feather vest in his dashing red cloak. I have some artwork for. Oh, oh please! Oh, Mandy. wonderful! <gasps> oh. oh, I love him. Oh, Gull wants to shoot him right in the face. I know you do. <laughs> He's just a little fella. Let's move through quickly, shall we? Yes. And as soon as we're like out of earshot of them, yeah, you know. So you can pass into the library yeah. and they she'll tell them as we pass everything. I am backing up with my eye and gun trained on it the entire time. I love it. And I have to keep remembering nobody in this world knows what the alchemical torch is, so it's like it's just like you're just holding a stick. So yep. it doesn't seem you know, it's like okay. All it right. doesn't look like a magic wand. Nope, it does not. <laughs> it looks like something unrecognizable. I love that. Yeah. Alright, so you, you get so back I, into the library and I and share with them the details of our bargain and and her thought that she thinks they're terrified yeah um, is and hungry good assessment yes yeah so um if we have anything else we can offer them we could avoid conflict with them possibly i mean i have a few more scrolls but i think we're gonna need yeah what's in these scrolls what what do we got left 
I don't know if we have any others that we can't use. Cure light wounds, lesser restoration, remove paralysis, and sanctuary. Yeah, we can use all those. Yeah. And probably will. Probably will. Do we want to pick up some light fiction while we're uh, in the library? As as we can. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Grab some some lighter little, reading little materials. Reading. Oh, and this this library is again focused on sort of the history of the region, but you could certainly find um, like a version of some book written for kids, like yeah. like know about how the history of Versex <laughs> County came to be and all the long line of the counts and all that stuff. Um, and all and then, the monsters and terrible things that happen here. <laughs> something kind of like a bodice ripper. Something. You know, oh, it's be yeah, a sure, little, sure. Little like romance, some historical novel. fiction romance, of, yeah. of the Versex region. <laughs> I love it. It's, prob- it's probably there. Oh yeah. Just windswept yeah. cliffs overlooking Monks. the fog shroud. It features <laughs> the Lowells. Like the line of Lowells are all romantic heroes. <laughs> Byronic, even. Right. <laughs> all right, so we head back to the chapel area at the barricade that you constructed, the doorway that leads into the entrance hall. Today it's Den and Vauston guarding that. And looking down the hall, you're surprised at first to not see more people milling around. Uh, and this is the... F- this Yesterday, <laughs> you didn't adventure too long before you came back in a lot of pain and running from stuff. Today, you were gone for about six, seven hours, totally. So I'm imagining, you know, first return, there, there's some, you know, relief to see you alive, uh, welcoming you back, glad to see you, glad you're still alive, eager to hear about... Mm-hmm. Is there anything that we've been doing to sort of make sure that they know that we're us and not doppelgangers? No. Okay. Wait, are we doppelgangers? Hang on. <laughs> well, we know that I am, but <laughs> right, okay. are any of you doppelgangers? <laughs> Would we tell you if we were? <laughs> so this is the current deployment of chapel folk when you return. Den and Valston are at that eastern barricade. Mira and Nasa, you can see through the open door into the chaplain's office, uh, did as Gull asked, and they seem to have taken out all the ecclesiastical records, and they've spread them out all over the floor, and they're busily working on them. Through the open door into what has become the playroom, Tolman is in there with, as as before, Brenton and Maeve, and now Bates. Uh, We recall Bates had been healed up fully, and he's now actually hanging out in the playroom with them. At the North Barricade, where you first encountered everybody when you first came out of the basement, Jared and Danae, to be expected, but Erwin, you note, has joined them. She also did finally recover thanks to the healing that Ray gave her Hmm. last night, I believe, Hmm. very recently. And then that would just leave, you know, that uh, Winter and Baisley and Loic are in the chapel itself. And as you return, there is a there's a little flurry of, of interest in your return, and it's made obvious to you that Nasa and Mira are interested in checking in with Gull about what their search through the records so far has yielded up. And Ray, you're noting this as, as they're, you know, gesturing to Gull to come in. You see Holman, who is the, the guy in the cleric's robes with no holy symbol, nurse who has been taking care of the kids. He sticks his head out into the hallway and gives you a look, yeah, kind of a, like, I would love to have a little conversation yeah. with you yeah. kind of look. And Winter comes out of the chapel and seeing Dora would sort of just pull you aside real briefly. And uh, I 
There is something I would wish to talk to you about in private, if I may. Um, I've got to... I'm caring for this creature. I've got to clean him a bit. Perhaps you'd like to sit with me while I do that? That would be fine. If you, what, come here in, into the chapel. And do you want to join Nasa Muir? Do you want to head somewhere else? Go, somewhere else go? Um, yeah, I, I've got a couple things I want to do, but I would totally... If they're calling me in, then I would... I Start with that. Them first, yeah. Great. So you head in there, and actually, Valston goes in, very interested in what's going on in there. He's sort of he's hanging in the doorway, chatting, and Den gives Grip a like, yeah, why don't you hang out the barricade with me and this one, or uh, that? the oh. eastern barricade into okay. the that led to where you first fought the fought the hungry flesh. Right, right, right. And uh, Paul, you want to have Ray go join? Yeah, Tolman absolutely. With the kids? Yeah. Uh, great. Let's. Uh, who should we start with? Let's start with Grip and Den. So he, he leans in to you, Grip, as you join him, and he says, uh, I just want to give you a heads up. And he says that to you in a language that you learn that you speak. Not surprisingly, I'm sure, but you do speak Orcish, as does, apparently, Den. Hmm. Den is Denman? Yeah. Oh. Steve Enzant. Yeah, yes, yeah. So, uh, look, just between you and me, uh... There was some excitement earlier, and uh, look, everyone's talking now. I just want you to know, she's got some things to say about some shit you may have done. And uh, look, I know Winter wants to talk to, to Dora before Erwin says anything about you in front of your people, but I, look, I, just between you and me, I want to give you a heads up because uh, Look, his, his fists, you notice his fists are just clenched. Look, I, got, I gotta ask you something. How the fuck do you do it? How do you stop yourself from punching these fucking people in the face every five seconds? Because I think I'm at a breaking point, man. And I look at you and I see someone who knows what I'm going through. I don't know how long I'm gonna last, but I, look, if you got a tip, you got a secret, you got a drug, I don't fucking care. How do you do this? How do you stop yourself from smacking these people around every 10 seconds? I just don't fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. There ain't no one that can control a person other than that person. I don't know what she's been saying, but I've got an idea it's not good. I've been hearing things about my past that I didn't remember. But I'll level with you. I don't like what I hear about my past. And I don't know if what I have done to her warrants an apology, but if she'll hear it, I'll try to give it to her. But I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, son. These people, right now, there is something outside of this barricade that is beyond, certainly beyond my feeble understanding, and I'm willing to bet it's beyond yours as well. And this group of people is all we've got standing between that and us being fucking dead. So, if you feel like punching people in the face, well, I'd suggest you keep it the fuck to yourself and punch the wall, or go join whatever out there in the mist. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, uh... 
I think I misread the situation here. And, uh, look, they keep telling me over and over for years that I got a problem with anger. Really? Yeah. There's, uh, there's been enough bad marks on my record that my pig was actually docked. And now I count on that money to feed my sister. So this was very fucking upsetting to me. But you're right, you're right. You know, they can always keep telling me here, I'm the champion of my own destiny. You're right, you're right, you're right. You know, count to fucking ten and go scream in a pillow. Yeah, maybe I will. Turns <laughs> He works here? He's Rip not a patient? <laughs> he's uh, a member of the kitchen staff. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, it, that's used a lot, I guess. Yeah, right. Uh, well, let's do, let's do Ray next. So, Tolman's got the kids. Oh, and you all came back with cards and books and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, you can easily pass some of that stuff off to them. And the kids go off into the corner and they're, they're looking through all that stuff with a lot of interest. Mm-hmm. And sort of by the light of the little shadow lantern, which he always keeps going, <laughs> Tolman sits you down by, by the desk there. Do I call you father? Certainly not. Uh... I'm in need of spiritual guidance. Okay. (laughs) It looks like somebody else has misjudged the situation entirely. Um, I assumed from your holy symbol and your power that you are a priest of Shailen. I am a follower of Shailen myself, and I have a confession to make. Ray, uh, Ray tilts his head to let his hair fall over his <laughs> yeah. eye, yes. you know? So he's kind of like letting the curtain fall a little bit. But he, you know, if you know him, you know he's trying something on, uh, but he's trying, he's gonna say, um, I'll hear your confession if you'd like to share it with me. I am simply unable to find any more beauty in this situation. I realized this yesterday. How are you doing it? What beauty do you see in any of this? My friend, I understand this challenge so well, but my answer that comes immediately to mind and Ray's excited by this. It's like, he looks up and his hair Brushes his hair back. He brushes his hair back a little bit. Some hair acting going on. A little bit of hair acting. Someone pointed out to me recently that we would not be here without each other and that what makes, what's helping us all stay alive is the fact that we are creating this community, this, this unit. You all banded together. And in that striving, you've created a hope within yourselves. It's going to ebb and flow. You can't maintain that kind of energy by yourself. So when you find yourself struggling, 
my gesture to the kids yeah. who are playing in front of us. Look around you. You have provided some peace in this room. And these kids get to forget the nightmare that they're in for just a moment. That's the beauty. And then he kind of shrugs and his hair falls down again. <laughs> so you, you've only ever seen Tolman almost completely stoic. Like very, well, not even stoic, serene is the sort of the mean he presents. And for the first time, you see him just completely collapse. And he, he has the cry that obviously he has not yet, mm. ever, since any of this shit began, been allowed himself to have. Mm. At the end, will you pray with me? Sure. I am peaceful. I come first with a rose. I act to prevent conflict before it blossoms. You do not know the prayers. I'm kind of new to this, actually. I am peaceful. I am peaceful. I come first with a rose. I come first with a rose. I act to prevent conflict. I act to prevent conflict. Be so phylactery doing anything while this is happening? Remember, the, con the phylactery only tells you when you're being bad. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to encourage you, but it does not. That is not what it does. This is a horror campaign. Got you it. will get no Got encouragement. It. Got it. Sorry. <laughs> only a whack with a stick. <laughs> I never strike first. I never strike first. Unless it is the only way to protect the innocent. Unless it's the only way to protect the innocent. I accept surrender. I accept surrender. If my opponent can be redeemed. If my opponent can be redeemed. And I never assume that they cannot be. And I never assume that they cannot be. All things that live love beauty. All things that live love beauty. And I will show beauty's answer to them. And I will show beauty's answer to them. I live my life as art. I live my life as art. I will choose an art and perfect it. I will choose an art and perfect it. And when I have mastered it, I will choose another. And when I have mastered it, I will choose another. These works I leave behind these works I leave behind make life richer for all who follow. Make life richer for all who follow. He embraces you if you'll let him. Absolutely. First time hearing those words. And uh, for Ray, this feels like that anchor, that purpose. Yeah. Uh, because it feels so, like it just resonates with his his compass, his like internal compass. Yeah. Thank you. Meanwhile, in the ecclesiastical records office, oh, Nisa is so excited. Oh, when Gull comes in the room, oh, oh, you know, I'm just a pirate nurse, but we made a little discovery. We did. <laughs> well, we we made well, well, Mura made the discovery. Well, we both did. Well, let me tell you. Well, let me tell you what happened. So here's what happened. Uh, you mentioned to us to look in the thick files to try to find out, uh, to try to find Oliver's record, 
uh, because you thought that since he'd been here so long, his file would, would be long, but that's not what's going on here. Uh, you see, these are just ecclesiastical records. So the long files are the files of those folks that came to see Satrakian about matters of faith, right? And you know, Oliver, he didn't speak. He, he wasn't coming down here to talk to the chaplain about the gods because, you know, he didn't speak. So, so I was like talking this out loud, you know, I like to talk it out loud as a pirate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and when Mura, she grabbed my arm and she pulled me over to where we'd set all the, all the thin files aside, right? And, and I saw what she was thinking. I told her, have at it. And she, and she dug around and she, and she pulled out several dated from back in the mid 80s uh, and we plowed through them. And, and well, I'm proud to say we found this. Patient LKB20D9K notes 4685. Patient is mute and nearly non responsive. I have attempted to engage him in prayer, but when I do, well, it seems that one thing able to stir him from his haunted reverie is the sound of prayer. It clearly distresses him. Nothing like the night terrors I'm told he experiences, but still. So, I will await word of any developments. Avros Satrakian. 4685. Remembering that the patient had been transferred from the Ferisman Lamentations in Rosenport, I decided to pay my old friend Bergevin a visit on my recent stay in town. B had learnt more of the patient's story in the months since turning him over to Administrator Trice. Insists that patient is young, much younger than T believes. Claims he was a promising student at the School of Science as a talented writer, researcher, and artist. Also reportedly a burgeoning psychic of no small account. Joined Dean Mirtmain on one of his famed expeditions, but was captured by a cult of him who is not to be named. Held for days, tortured, exposed to hallucinogens, made to participate in unspeakable rituals. M apparently succeeded at a daring rescue and recovered patient, but patient himself never recovered. In fact, B's opinion, even M was changed after that particular trip. Lost himself in that book, he says, whatever that means. I attempted to discuss the details with the administrator, warning him of patient's possible exposure to influence of H, but he waved me off. Uninterested in what he calls irrelevant spiritual blather, told me in so many words to mind my business and leave the care of his patients to science. So again, I will wait for word on a change in his status. Memory and thought, like a distant itself, a gift from the mother of Tholf. Their corruption by any fourth is a tragedy of the highest order. I will continue to pray for patient's recovery as I pray for the Tholf of everyone here. Avroth Thetrakian. Gull's looking over that record. Meanwhile, in the chapel, Dora, as you enter to join Winter, uh, back in the back corner there, you see Basily in her, kind of in her sleeping bag, all tied up, faced against the wall. The one day that you spent most of the day here, she was pretty active during the day. So it does strike you as, as, as unusual. And you see Loic in the opposite corner of that alcove on that southern wall there. He's sitting with his back against the wall and he's, he's looking real troubled. He's shaking his head, shaking his head, shaking his head. And um, Winter ushers you over to where her pallet is on the other side of the way. They, it has been a bad day for both of them. 
I was hoping actually that you would take a look at Baisley with me. Unfortunately, we've had to drug her. The, well, the behavior is getting more extreme. Anyways, I know from the other day that although no one in, in your group is as trained as a doctor as, as others here, I do know that you have a certain wisdom about you, and I would hope that you would be able to take a look at her with me. But first, I want to ask you something. Erwin has spoken. She has told us what she saw of Grip on the night that he was here. And I think everyone should hear it. But I want to know from you if you think this is wise. I am unable to gauge his response to bad news. All I have to go on is what happened the other day with the axe and the firewood. What are your thoughts on this, madam? We have learned some things since we left you. I don't think that um, Grip is particularly proud of the person he seems to have been before we woke up downstairs. But I do think that he wants to be better. And that is all we have. While um, Erwin's story is her own, her truth, and important to her, I would hope that she could also understand that the person she is talking about in that story is not here. His body, yes, but that temperament, that reputation, those choices, those belong to someone else. And if telling everyone will endanger Grip's welcome into this community, I'd hope we could find another way. He cannot give her back what was taken from her. But perhaps we can find a way for both of them to move forward in acceptance of what we can and cannot change. I think I might advise, perhaps, that you and I talk to Erwin together first. You hear what she has to say, and we plan from there. Very good. Uh, but, sorry. Is the fox all right? Well, he's clearly been through a lot and he's hungry and um, quite a mess. I'd like to clean him up and give him a bit of food if that's all right. Of course, of course. By the, by the way, how far did you make it? To the records rooms. Did you find the administrator? I think so. Does not sound good. No. Well, you'll take these challenges as they come. Before you clean your fox, would you help me with Paisley, please? <laughs> <laughs> it seems. Yes, of course. If we are to prioritize at this moment, uh, can we put our focus onto Paisley? It's all right. She needs help. It's all right. Won't take long. If you would examine her, I would like to hear your opinion before I state mine. 
course. So you want to go over there and uh, check her out with the heel check? Yeah. I mean, I'm terrible at it, but hey, I have another action point left, I'm sure, so. So you get down on your knees there, down by Basilie. Oh. 17. Great, and um, give me a perception check. Not as good. I will use an action point there. Great. Seventeen. Uh-oh. How much sanity do I lose this time? (laughs) (laughs) I was joking about the sanity. Dora catches out of the corner of her eye, a blade flash. A dagger stabs into her neck for 15 points of damage. <gasps> Dora drops. There's a flash of white light, end of chapter 18. What the fuck? What? Which is a doppelganger. <laughs> oh my god. We've all been replaced by doppelgangers. Dark Nexus is a creation of Plug and Hum Productions. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Inc. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com slash community use. And for more information about Paizo and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. That's P-A-I-Z-O dot com. Dark Nexus uses music and soundscapes by Sirenscape. Check them out at sirenscape.com. That's S-Y-R-I-N-S-C-A-P-E.com. Opening and closing themes, along with additional music, composed by Rob Kozlarik. Artwork for Dark Nexus is by Matt Walquist. Special thanks to Toy, without whose generosity this project would not have been possible. And thanks to DMCP, Richard and Ari, Paul and Shannon, Chris, Scotty, Jason, Jess, Joe, Chelsea, Matt, Dave, Darren, and everyone we've gamed with over the years for all the memories and inspiration. Fantastic. Did we level? Ha, 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 ha.